0: Welcome to This is Nursing, a podcast about nurses by nurses.
1: Let's get going.
2: Welcome to This is Nursing. It's a podcast about nurses by nurses, where we talk about their work and all the things that make their jobs exciting, complex, and unique. I'm Vicki, and I'm here with Tyler, a colleague and a pal. We'll be your host today as we explore the world of nursing. And today on our show, we're talking with Keith King, an old friend and a colleague and Keith is going to help us understand nursing professionalism through his lens. Welcome, Keith. Thanks for being here today.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here and to be talking about this. It's, uh, it's been on the top of my mind lately, so um, I, I think we're going to have a great discussion.
2: Nursing professionalism on the top of your mind. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I've recently been doing a little bit of work um, with a couple of different organizations around developing the code of ethics uh, for the. For an LPN organization, I've been working with some authors uh, on a book chapter around professionalism in nursing, and so I've been thinking through some of this historical and contemporary, let's call them tensions, with this idea of the nurse as a professional um, and what that means uh, looking at it through, like you, like you said, looking at it through the different lenses that I wear, um, when I look at the world and, and how that might impact, um, the way different people and different nurses see themselves as professionals as well.
2: Awesome. I I would love to know a little bit more about the lenses that you wear. Can you tell us a bit more about yourself to start?
1: Yeah, you bet. So um, I grew up in northern Alberta, north of Peace River, a little tiny hamlet uh, called Manning. I'm I'm from a farm north of there. Um, and you know, when you grow up in rural northern Alberta, things are very different than if you grew up in a city, probably anywhere in the world. Because you know, I remember chasing black bears away from a campsite with like throwing rocks at them. <laughs> um, you know, working on the farm all summer long, you know, those types of things that many people probably never experience. But on top of that, I'm also uh, like a queer person. So I I grew up in a time when, you know, being queer uh, was probably not as favorable as it is now, even though it's still difficult uh, often and in many and worse in many parts of the world. But, you know, growing up queer in a rural area, my mom's Métis, I'm a Métis person as well. Um, you know there was there was things that we didn't talk about back then, and um, mm. and there's things that we talk about more openly now, and so you know those sort of things shaped the way I saw the world um, from a very young age, and they continue to inform my nursing practice now, so I, I think those are some of the some of the lenses I bring to this work.
2: Yeah, and then you have some a few professional lenses, right? Like having worked oh, yeah. in many roles.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My nursing career has been very varied um, over the years. I started off working in you know, surgical areas as well as mental health and addictions here in Canada. Then I moved to Australia and I did some sexual health work and some. I did a master's in public health epidemiology. Then I did some work in Eastern Canada and Toronto in mental health and addictions. And then I moved to England and did some work there with infectious diseases, sexual health and mental health. Um, sort of intersections, yeah and then came back to canada and started doing some policy work with alberta health services uh, before moving over to the university of alberta where i'm currently an assistant teaching professor um in the faculty of nursing so you know i started off in like doing nursing school and now i'm back at nursing school as a teacher and a phd student and it's you know it's been an interesting cycle or circle
2: (laughs) yeah you've been a long way from the farm in manning or near manning (laughs) yes (laughs)
1: <laughs> a long way away and then back as well
2: <laughs> we are so glad to have you back that's wonderful well you know i think um we're we, we would love to explore this topic of professionalism today with you and just sort of like looking at um professor uh, professionalism in nursing whether it is kind of related to um our appearance our behaviors our practice i think there's a lot of different elements to this speaking of lenses and all the lenses that we can apply um so i'm going to put tyler on the spot because he hasn't had a chance to speak yet i'm so chatty what is the first place that you start thinking about professionalism tyler
0: well that's a great great question vicky and and again no doubt why we're excited to have keith here listen to that resume that he just gave us and and um and i'm going to spin this around to him again because i think to answer your question and then i'm going to answer your question with another question for keith is i think we start thinking about professionalism as nursing students and you know i think an interesting piece about that in the last sort of couple of decades in canada is we we pretty pretty significantly and it's happened over maybe more than decades than that but definitely in the last 15 or 20 years pretty significantly changed how we educate nurses and prepare them for their professional roles as nurses by moving into completely into university programs and uh, away from, from the college level or, or there were still some hospital-based very vocational kind of approaches to training uh, professional nurses and all, all have their pros and all likely have their cons. But, but I'd say that's probably one of the most important and significant changes to, to this I'm going to call it—I don't know—it's probably confusion or or something around profession, nursing professionalism. We don't have a, a clear, I don't think, identity of of nursing as a profession in Canada, and, and it leads to some problems, I think, or some challenges. But anyway, so that's kind of where I started. Certainly started thinking about nursing and and, and it's it's sort of being a instrument of social good, or you know, however you want to mm-hmm. think about nursing in the world. Um, Was in university and so i don't know Keith. what's changed from your perspective you know from when you were a a student however many years ago and now back this many years later um given that those changes
1: yeah i graduated in 2004 so it's coming on to almost 20 years um but yeah i think you hit a really important point there tyler about the move away from that sort of apprenticeship model, which is still practiced in many parts of the world Mm -hmm. towards like the the baccalaureate to entry, university style uh, nursing education. And it, I think that is part of the big, that tension that has sort of emerged in nursing because Mm -hmm. I think when we worked, when we worked from that apprenticeship model, it was very clear what the expectation was of a nurse based on where they apprenticed. So their scope of practice was defined by what they had learned from the nursing school that they went to. And some schools had specialties and all of that. And now as we've moved towards a a much broader scope, like as nursing has evolved to have a broader scope of practice, a lot of those sort of predefined expectations Mm -hmm. have shifted. And now expectations are largely set by your workplace, um, mm-hmm. your work, yeah, your workplace, your um, practice setting. Um, you know, the the scope of nursing has expanded so much as well. Like um, I, when I was in England, I worked briefly as a district nurse, which is like a home care nurse, and you know they gave me a backpack and a map of the area of London that I was working in, and I went around to people's homes and checked their blood sugars and. You know, professionalism in that setting looks very different than, say, in an ICU. Mm -hmm. Or maybe your patients are sedated and um, you're dealing more with family members and stuff. So I think there's a contextual piece that Mm -hmm. also relates to the way we're educating nurses that that has an impact there. Certainly at, at the university, we teach professionalism a certain way. We talk about like different types of ethics. It's very conceptual,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: it's on, it's during clinical placement that we get to assess professionalism, and and then again it becomes this very subjective, contextual thing.
2: You know, I, that's so interesting because I think that um in uh, that university setting, it makes me think of sort of um you know it must be fairly traditional and fairly um conservative I it was when I went to nursing school which I'm the same I graduated in 2004 so it's been a while now but um on the other hand it's also very much sort of umbrella professionalism right and we don't dive into what that actually means because they can't because they can't decide or they can't they can't teach to every setting as you said Um, But there's, there's confusion in that right when we talk about it should be, it should look sort of in this general region, you know, you have to appear this general way and you have to speak this general way. um, And yet it has to be really conservative, at least it was, as I said in my day so so where we at now like where should we be? because I think that's the curious thing is like, what is what is the context now, how should we be teaching it.
1: So this is something I've been grappling with trying to write this book chapter because there are quite a few perspectives that you know I'm also un- unfamiliar with, uh, aside from reading about them. And I think what it comes back to for me is sort of thinking about the context and the place and the relationships. Like we talk a lot in nursing about relational ethics and patient-centered care and family-centered care um and I think these are really important guiding principles for professionalism because you know in my work now I work very much in the community um and I remember in nursing school being told you know don't get any tattoos on your arms don't you know you have to be able to cover up your tattoos you know your earrings can't be too big or dangly did Um, you have any tattoos
2: you had to cover up
1: no I didn't I I managed to avoid getting any arm tattoos at that Mm -hmm. time I see students now all the time with um, tattoos on their arms because it's much more common, I think, culturally now. Um, And we we no longer, I think, chastise students about their tattoos. But, you know, a funny story. I remember in nursing school doing a cardiac lab and the teacher asked for models for the ECG placement. And, you know, me being me, I volunteered like a dum-dum. But at the time I had my nipples pierced well the teacher her face when i took my shirt off and laid down on the table you know it was a moment for everyone some people were laughing there was a bit of a gasp and then of course the teacher you know she forbid, composed, Keith. right <laughs> she composed herself and then uh, you know she said oh you know if here are some important things to think about if a person has body piercings like going into the MRI machine. They, they really took it in stride. I was really proud of the instructor yeah. for, for, you know, it took her a moment to get composure. And then once she had, you know, grasped the situation, she really ran with it. And it was a great learning experience for everyone. But, um, there was this moment where I suddenly was like, Oh my goodness, like, am I going to be in trouble because I have, oh. you know, unconventional, um, Piercings. I ended up taking them out later because I turns out I'm allergic to nickel. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can't wear certain types of earrings. I'm surprised time.
2: they didn't it, tell you to take them out because, like, would, they I could guess. have been an occupational hazard, right? They, so I had an industrial piercing, and they made me take it out. So then every evening I or whatever shift I wasn't working, I'd put it back in. But I had to re-pierce it, which is yeah. gross. I'm sorry for those who are listening, but we're all nurses. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. So yeah, like I think, you
1: know, things are shifting in a positive way. You know, the I, I don't think we really talk about those things as much. There would probably be less shock. We also probably wouldn't ask students to disrobe for a No, I don't think so. We probably we probably have like sim simulation dummies and things to do that type of work with us. But um, you know, things have things have shifted both in a positive and I think in a challenging way, because like you said, we, we talk about professionalism in this like abstract conceptual way, and then it's up to individual instructors in the clinical setting to sort of assess and enforce that. And that's where it gets a little problematic or tricky.
0: This makes me think of a couple of things, um, as you, you mentioned about patient centeredness and, and relational ethics and these types of, uh, so important, really important guiding principles, because, you know, as and maybe maybe the nursing role isn't isn't evolving or maybe it's, it's sort of returning to its roots in some ways. Like you talked about district nursing in, in the UK, which I think is is really cool. And that's where where Alberta nurses kind of got their roots, depending on how mm-hmm. far you choose to look yeah. at. Um, and we're so now we're seeing more these kind of. I think they often are called non-traditional roles. So they're outside of the hospital and they're working within the communities with these communities, often with vulnerable populations. Um, and so how you look and how how you being, you know, what you wear it really matters and you're still being professional, right? Because, um, right, so th- that context is so important. It's not, they're not gonna trust necessarily uh, somebody in a white coat or a pair of scrubs that they're looking for those piercings and tattoos and and whatever right uh, or or just regular wearing your clothes that make you feel comfortable and um that's very context specific and, and is going to be needed to provide good care to those populations so i just mm-hmm. thought that's really an interesting evolution um hopefully that, yeah that's the, yeah
1: yeah and i think like when i when i when i'm thinking about writing about this that's something that comes to mind Is like how do we get back to nurses bringing their whole selves to their job Um, You know, Brené Brown, I I read a lot of her work. She talks about authenticity and vulnerability being, you know, central to living a good, healthy, happy life. And I also think about some of the, like, teachings I've received from, like, uh, Cree elders here in Alberta that I work Mm -hmm. with. And, you know, they talk about, like, some of the central teachings are about being honest and truthful and, you know, uh, bringing, bringing all of you to to the work that you do to be effective at it and sometimes i think in nursing professionalism is used as a way of sort of like shaming or reducing or, or confining a person who might not fit some of the historically imposed yeah. images of what a nurse is like I, I still think about our our code of ethics that says something like you know must not behave in a way unbecoming of a nurse and the nurse that i always see is like wearing a white smock and a a little nursing cap
2: and in, and <laughs> and in like, fact we reinforce that,
1: that box.
2: <laughs> Yeah, but it was only a couple of years ago that Karna sent out those um, postcards. I don't know if you if you guys recall, oh, oh yeah. they were right. And they were all these um, old images, which there's nothing to be um, ashamed of. Right. We can be proud of where nursing came from. But I think that image holds firm. And for me, it's like the the crisp hair, right? Not a hair out of place, the hat, the white starched, whatever um, scrubs. So I think that's sorry, I've totally interrupted you completely, but you you just like created this image yeah. in my mind as you were talking. Continue.
1: Yeah, that's that's just the thing. I'm like many of us, I think, who are really you know I don't want to say I'm an excellent nurse. I I think I work really hard to be a good nurse. Are. But I know we'll a lot it, of. We'll
0: say it really, for you. We'll
1: say it for you, Keith. Yeah, you're an excellent. Nurse. I I know a lot of really <laughs> excellent nurses who cannot and will not ever probably meet that standard of the of the, you know the I don't know, person in a white smock with a hat and the perfect hair and the perfectly applied lipstick, you know? I mean, I also think about the flip of some of our historical stuff. Like remember when nurses smoked at the nursing station? Oh, like
2: yeah. up to the eighties. When we
1: ho- when we talk about professionalism, like how was that considered professional? But, you know, if you didn't wear your stockings, you were, you know, <laughs> that was a real yeah misdemeanor
2: (laughs) well and yeah you're right it's just um we assume that things that used to be quote professional are are still professional and I think um anytime that we really pause to take a look at those assumptions that we have about I mean professionalism or otherwise where did that belief come from Why do we still believe it? Should we still believe it? And I think, um, I mean, I'm one who struggles with the hair thing. My hair will never be smooth like that. I, and honestly, I've gone through my whole, like through a range of sort of, um, emotions and acceptance about my hair. For, for those who don't know what I look like, I have giant curly hair. It's never the way it should be. I've tried all the shampoos. Okay. It's just never going to be smooth. So case in point today it's in a top knot because it's too wild to show it's too wild right to show on this zoom call which these folks these listeners can't see but I mean this is um this is sort of a silly example but people struggle with this all the time and so why was smoking okay then and and not wearing nylons or tights was not okay and when we put the microscope to it it just is not it doesn't hold a lot of water so I think um yeah, continue. Go ahead.
1: Canadians are really from diverse backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like we real, like you know, my own family, I've got Cree, I've got French, I've got Scottish, Russian, English. You know, there's a there's a whole, you know, Heinz 57 is that the expression? Yeah. <laughs> I, think <so. laughs> I think you nailed it. Yeah. Um, and so you know, how do those things inform the way we relate to one another? They do. You know, um, I think about the relationality that comes from my Métis side of my family and the like parts of my personality and culture that come from my dad's more English upbringing and how those sometimes incompatibilities and stuff still inform the work I do. And so I think we're, we're, we're asking nurses, and that's what I'm hoping to do with this chapter, chapter that I'm writing or co-writing, is to ask nurses to like look at themselves and how who they are informs how they behave professionally Um, because i think nursing as a profession of course we need to have standards but those standards should be informed by the patient the family and the nurse
0: so how do we how do we ensure we sort of continue to progress or whatever the word is in in meaningful ways like like you said earlier we have to bring it's a professionalism it about bringing all your whole your whole self to the role, right? And so how do we encourage that to this, because we have come, like even just the examples we've given today have come a decent way in the last 20 years. And, um, yeah, but, but you know, so how do we continue to have those conversations and have have healthy dialogue or, or, or even debate or just, you know, whatever, um, questioning some of these outdated policies, whatever. So I don't know, how do we support that in practice for nurses to continue to change? And maybe think, maybe it starts know, at, at the university level, and you plant those seeds, and you get people to and you create opportunities. I don't know what the answer is. I'm just you know wondering if you had had the
1: answer. to have Yeah, I have a, the, yeah, the, I have a few stuff. thoughts on that. I think you're absolutely right. It probably does start at the university, right at admissions, You know, thinking about who we admit to nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and different schools have different approaches to this. But I think schools with a holistic admissions process that looks at a person's like resume. Um, and sort of considers how involved they are in their community, what they do in their spare time, not just their GPA right. is an important first step. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, thinking about who's in leadership positions in different nursing organizations, like how do we mm-hmm. diversify the tables that that are, are doing this work? I was very honored and privileged to be involved in a recent consultation, um, both a few recent consultations both with ahs and with other organizations around some of these ideas and you know inviting people with different lenses to the table is a great mm-hmm. place to start, right right
2: yeah I, th- I think that um there's that's absolutely you know where we need to go and i think one of those huge um influences that we can't really get away from, nor do we want to, but it's the public perception of nurses. And so I don't know if it's about really owning and teaching or if it's about, you know, more of a conversation and posing curious questions, but I do feel like um, the professionalism of nurses is really um, held, how how do I say this? Um, it sways with the public view. And I don't love that, I've got to say, um, because we should be able to present ourselves as nurses, as professionals, um, and have have it bought. Does that make sense? Have people really totally accept it?
1: Yeah, I think in the, yeah that tension. You know, I think about Halloween. You know, every year there's a bunch of people oh, who dress gosh. up as like sexy nurses. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many interesting stereotypes about nurses, like the matron. You know the sexy nurse the different the different sort of like I don't even know what they are they I guess they're stereotypes of some sort um and so yeah how do we present the reality of nursing in a way that still up, upholds the profession as something that's really valuable and important to our society um it's a tricky question I was doing some work with the RNAO a few years ago around recruiting more men into the profession of nursing and um you know we hired a pr firm to do some of this work and they wanted to use military nursing as the like ad campaign they were like yeah if we if we frame men who are nurses as also being soldiers you know that'll attract more you know men who want to be nurses and i thought okay <laughs> um, again i don't quite fit that box of what a, a man as a nurse would be so yeah again there was this like tension between what stereotype they wanted to use for the public ad campaign to try and recruit more masculine presenting people to the to the to the profession and and again, it was playing to these stereotypes. So like, I, I don't have the answer. I think it'd be interesting to see what would happen if we started. And I think, you know, AHS does do this. We highlight different nurses um, all the time. I see them in the different newsletters and things. So we are showing people who our people are, mm-hmm. which is wonderful because it's sort of starting to dispel some of those misconceptions, I imagine, among some people. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting and challenging question.
0: It's. Good. I think that's really. You've got it, and I think I think about that poll that we're also familiar with as nurses, and we should be proud of it. It's an important currency. We're always like number one at the the uh, on the, yeah. you know, the types of plus, most trusted. But the important, the kind of less less known st- quote or statistic that follows it is, w- the public also has almost no idea what we do right as a profession or at least not the diversity and, and expanse of it which is like an interesting phenomenon to me um and i think it's partially you hit on some of them here keith but i think some of it is we you know try to stay in the background and better to be seen than heard and all these types of things but i think that we need to do and and we've talked that was a, in part part of the genesis of this podcast we do need to do a much better um uh, like ahs is, is doing great work but um, sharing the stories of what nurses do and mm-hmm. the different types of roles and and the different types of opportunities that nursing has for the healthcare system and the health of the people in the world, right? So I think it's all connected. Um, so I agree. Um, it's, but it's a challenging stereotype. Those stereotypes are challenging to overcome, particularly as we're, you know, <laughs> still grappling with some of these other things that we're talking about, like trying to fit within that.
2: Stereotype. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. rambling. The
0: stereotype no, is the
2: problem. Yeah. Stere- yeah. Yeah, th- I said the stereotype is the problem. That's the issue. If you want to pick yeah. one of them and go with it, it's always going to be problematic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. And then I think, too, also just designing our system so that when nurses do something that maybe is considered outside of what some might consider professional, that the the process of exploring that and understanding it is um, flexible. I I relate a story earlier about a colleague who had helped a patient with their dog um, so that they could have a procedure. And they had taken the dog home for one night just so that the person could go and have a medical procedure and then you know, they got reported by a colleague for being unprofessional in that instance. And that was over in the UK at the National Health Service. And there, you know, there was this investigation and it was very stressful for the nurse involved. And so, you know, looking to our regulatory um, systems to think about how we look at, um, you know, professionalism violations through a more holistic lens that really centers the nurse, the patient, the people who are involved and less of the maybe
2: systems well i mean we opened this by talking about the context specific um nature of some of these questions is it professional is it not professional um and i think you know we really do as nurses we straddle this um this realm of like advocating for nurses but not too much right not you know maintaining a certain level of i don't know what it is like um clear lines where we we don't um yeah, we, we can't cross over too far. Otherwise it would be unprofessional. I mean, it sounds like really what this nurse was doing was advocating so that the patient could get the care they needed so they could have this biopsy and they could proceed accordingly. And that, I mean, I, I feel that, um, and I think we all do as nurses, we feel um, committed to support patients. We, we experience these sorts of ethical dilemmas on the regular um, and we do the best we can to make those choices. Yeah just even having the conversation is really important, right? Just being curious about why do we feel this way? Why have we made this decision? Um, And uh, we were talking about, you know, being able to look at um, different types of role models. And I think Keith, you are just an excellent role model for people to see um yeah you're not a military dude but you are a (laughs) male in nursing right (laughs) and and you have brought so much to so many people through your teaching and through coaching and mentoring and all sorts of different settings and so I I'm really grateful you could be here today so that people could learn a little bit more about what nursing is I know I've been yammering Tyler I want to pass it to you before we close up for the day
0: well, I was just going to offer my thanks, too, and, and appreciate you bringing your your different lenses and, and your experience and what a great conversation. And now is a really important time in nursing, that, you know, struggling a bit out there and, um, you know. But it's a time it's a time of it's ripe for um, refl- reflection and these types of conversations and how do mm-hmm. we create a different world and all those things like if we want to be a hopeful about things which i think we should be now now is really the time to start having these conversations in the break room and with your friends and colleagues and peers and and reach out to people like keith if you need some expertise on some of the stuff and i can't wait to read your book chapter two so you got to keep us posted yeah thanks but i just wanted to say thanks and what an important conversation today and and uh, thanks for stopping by and for all the work that you're doing
1: Hi, Marcy. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited uh, to see how people respond.
2: Keep you posted. Thanks very much. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks for stopping by. You can find us at AHS Podcast. Please, please subscribe. Musical introduction is thanks to Yes Nice. You can find them on Apple Music, iTunes, and Spotify. See you next time.